time for all your headlines from the night in sports. As DJ and PK tell you what's trending. Are you ready? ready? On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Yeah. Hashtag NFL. Hill will be in the gun here. There's a trips to the left side. Single receiver to the right. Kamara in the backfield. Takes the shotgun snap. Throws over the middle. Touchdown! Jared Cook! The motion to the right side from Lazard. Quick toss left side. Devontae's got it. He gets by Slay to the pylon for the end zone. Touchdown! Devontae Adams with a touchdown reception. And for Aaron Rodgers, his 400th career touchdown pass. He's the fastest of 400 in NFL history. Here comes Carson. Back now he comes up, going to fire again. Left side, going for Ruggs. Ruggs has got it. Touchdown. Jackpot, baby. Vegas touchdown. Vegas touchdown. Jackpot. And away. Pressure. There is a flag thrown on the play. Late throw comes near side. Kelsey at the five. Angling left. Touchdown. Kansas City. Kelsey on the reception from Patrick Mahomes. A smorgasbord of highlights from the NFL. We'll start with the last one first, the primetime game. The Chiefs have just one loss. The Broncos gave them a scare, but the Chiefs get another win. They've still got just one loss. Only one touchdown in that game. Although amazingly, PK, it should have been two, and nobody realized that it should have been a touchdown. And I I know it's stunning the Chiefs didn't challenge it, but if you're on the ground... 50 yards away or 60 yards away or whatever from that. How would you know that was caught? The receiver didn't give you any clue to look at it, so they missed out on the TD. Well, literally no one, literally no one knew that it was caught. I don't think I could say that about any other touchdown catch I've ever seen, because usually if no one else, the receiver, A, he's always open, and B, he always caught it. Yeah, it was funky. Shocker of the day. Uh, the Raider finish was incredible, but the Giants just shouldn't have been beating Seattle. And yet they did, 17-12. to 12. Seattle's offense really not doing much. And the Giants go on the win, and the NFC East gets a big win. You can't say that very often about teams in the NFC East, but that was a good win for the Giants. They lead the division after the 17-12 win in Seattle. Yeah, that was very, very perplexing. Uh, Seattle's offense was, wasn't good enough. The defense, which has struggled early, it's has much now better. come together. They made yeah. a trade, and the defensive line shored that up, and away they go. But, man, that was a shocker, too, because Daniel Jones did not play. They're going with Colt McCloy, the uh, the Texas guy. I didn't even know he was still in the league. <laughs> it's funny <laughs> you say that. I thought the exact same thing. How did I lose track of Colt McCoy? I thought he was done. Yeah. He was definitely a game manager. His names, his uh, numbers were nothing to talk about. But hey, seventeen points and uh, don't turn it over and uh, you know throw a pick six. And so he didn't. Right. Yeah. I mean that was the formula for them to win, and they did it. I mean going to Seattle with no fans is different than going as we just heard Kyle say. Antiseptic the, uh, for the Utes. Every every game is basically a neutral field game. But still, there'd be no way I whatever money I would have bet I would have lost because I would have thought Seattle would have won that game for sure. That's as big I could say, and I can't recall every game this season. But that might be as big a shocker as we've had so far. He almost had the biggest shocker of the year with the Jets, but they were blitzing at the end of the game, and it seems pretty unanimous 
You only blitz if you're trying to lose because literally no one blitzes in that situation at the pro level, at the college level. And they had on consecutive plays at the end of the game. When you know they need to get a quick touchdown, they got beat deep. And, and Carr just overthrew Aguilar on the first one. He was open. And by the way, Aguilar, those were daggers. There is no chemistry with the quarterback. Aguilar got missed for touchdowns on consecutive possessions, and he was uh, irritated plus some. But they hit on the winner to, to Henry Ruggs, so they get the victory and get out of there and avoid a massive upset to the winless Jets. Yeah, I, I don't think the Raiders are all bad. I would have put uh, – it would have been an upset, certainly. But not not to the level. More on the Jets' patheticness. uh, Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what the Jets do now in the offseason as they get ready for uh, the opportunity possibly to draft Trevor Lawrence, but they've already got Darnold. I'm not so sure the jury is in on Darnold as far as the level of quality that he could be, and maybe that's my Pac 12 bias. Well, it would be a chance to trade the top pick because the Jets are clearly a long way away, and get multiple picks and multiple players back and, and do that, but that's a debate for another day. We can worry about that later. Uh, other games this weekend, with the Seahawks losing, the Rams cash in. Two big plays in the fourth quarter is a pretty good game, but a long touchdown run and a pick six, and those two scores blow the game open, and the Rams beat the Cardinals 38-28, so the Rams are now tied for the division lead with the Seahawks. That division got off to a great start, but it's a little bit of... I don't want it. You take the lead lately. It seems like every time a team gets in position, they lose a big game. Yes, uh, the NFC West, I would agree with that. Yeah. All right, uh, elsewhere in the league, the the Bears, man, they were almost uh, almost back to 500, almost uh, tied for the last playoff berth, 10-point lead with three minutes to go. They basically had to give up a touchdown, turn the ball over and give up a touchdown, and they did it. Outstanding work by the Bears. The Lions win 34-30. Daryl Bevel, the interim coach, has his first win. Provo's own Daryl Bevel, as I understand, he had a house there in the offseason. He's from Scottsdale and went to Northern Arizona, too, for that matter. So he's got... He's a lumberjack? Uh, Yeah, I think that he went to... to, uh, He went to Wisconsin. Right. Because on his mission, his LDS mission, they changed coaches. And I think uh, when he came back, he ended up going... He ended up going to Wisconsin. Uh, but, yeah, he's a, he's a Scottsdale kid. I think uh, His daughter plays for BYU in softball. It's like Scottsdale, uh, Coronado, or Soar, one of those schools. Uh, Chaparral, is a, at least when I was down there, it was a really good uh, athletic program. But, yeah, and then he moved his daughter as the BYU Connections. I understand he's, he took up residence after Seattle let him go in uh, Utah County there for a while. Taysom Hill. 3-0 and as the starter. They beat the Falcons 21-16. Scored on the first possession of the third quarter and then just kind of sat on it from there on out and had to endure the Hail Mary to the end zone at the end, but they get the win over Atlanta. Sweep the season series, beat Atlanta twice in three weeks, and they also had the win in Denver. So we talked about this on TV. Breeze to retirement. Taysom's the starter next year. What do you think? Because this, Taysom might get one more start. Breeze is warming up. It's not clear if he's going to play next next week or not. He seems like he's close. He might miss one more game. Well, it'll be interesting to see what Drew Brees wants to do. You know, right now he holds the cards. It's two things. When he comes back, he has to play well, and which I have no reason to think he wouldn't. But, you know, as he gets older, he has said, now this is two seasons in a row, he's had significant injuries to miss a fair amount of games, right? We understand that. Those are facts. 
And so at that point, does he play well when he comes back? My guess would be yes. Uh, they're a Super Bowl contender for them, so it's Super Bowl appearance or bust. We'll see if they get there about winning it before we worry about them winning it if they get there. And then does he want to come back next season? I, mean, I don't know the answer to that question. It's a, the indications are he would be interested in retiring, but only at that, that time when the individual is faced with that decision. He's not faced with that decision now. Yep. Uh, that uh, Good point, though, to, to pump up the Saints coaching staff. They are... 8-0 and with backup quarterbacks the last two years because Teddy Bridgewater was 5-0 and last year. And a good rule of thumb in the NFL, if you can just go 500 with your backup quarterbacks, you usually take that. To go 8-0, and I don't know that I've heard of that in a, in a long time. Doubleheader today, Washington, Pittsburgh, the undefeated Steelers, 3 o'clock. Uh, you got to have NFL tickets to see that here. It's a Fox game in large parts of the country, but in the western U.S., including Utah, you'll have to uh, see it on uh, NFL ticket. Buffalo and San Francisco playing in Arizona, uh, literally the neutral field because the Niners aren't going to be able to play home games because of Santa Clara County. So that's Monday Night Football at 6.15 on ESPN. DJ and PK. Hashtag BYU. He goes up under center now. Here's Algier, a huge hole up the middle. And Algier sprinting to the end zone. It's a 42-yard touchdown. Wilson lets it go, and he's got his man again on the left sideline. The Cougars on the move as Milne goes down the sideline. Touchdown, Brigham Young. That is an answer for BYU and Zach Wilson. First and goal from the two. This is Maritime. He's got the ball. He's got the touchdown. Shauna Clears retake the lead. Last chance for the Cougars. Mill the catch. Wrestled down on the two. Coastal wins it. Highlights from the battle of undefeateds. The Chanticleers win by a yard. BYU 9-1. The dream dies here, PK. So many things in this game. So many opportunities to go back and say, woulda, coulda, shoulda, if this, if that, but Coastal Carolina gets the victory, and BYU is left to wonder, what if? If, if, if. Well, as far as this individual game goes, absolutely. I thought BYU blew it. I mean, we all give them credit. They received widespread national favorable publicity, not notoriety. Notoriety is a negative, negative. thing. This was positive. It is positive, and rightly so. Getting on a plane and doing what they did, 2,200 miles against a funky offense, at least to a degree, it's not easy. And so we give them credit for that. I mean, they had to do it after the Washington debacle. Uh, they, they couldn't say no. It. They had yeah. to say yes. Yes, and and they were willing to do it. And and you know, I'd spoken to Kalani a couple weeks back, and and it was true about he just wants to play. So we're all for that. We're giving them all that credit. I put this thing on the offense because to me, there's really no excuse for you only scoring 17 points. Is that what they had? Was it, was it? 17 points, only yeah, three seven. in the second half, and they got right. them on the opening possession. They were basically right. shut out over the last 25-ish minutes. I don't care if you had to travel around the world and your offense didn't have a lot of time to prepare for the defense. Your offense had been clicking. Too many mistakes, too many questionable uh, decisions uh, by coaches. That thing that really, really gets under my skin is having to take that timeout on that punt, because I think if you could have given Zach Wilson one timeout, 
to give him more time on that final drive. I think they get in, but that's just a bunch of what-ifs and all that stuff. But there's no reason that you needed to take that time out on that punt. There's just absolutely no reason. At this this late in the junk, they're not the Pac-12, which some teams have only played two or three games. No, you've, you've had virtually almost a full season of games now, spread out over a little longer time period. So, to me... They blew that game. Credit for them to play it. Yes, absolutely. But from the offense, offensive perspective, if you would have told me they would only score 17 and, as you say, only three in the second half, I would have said no way going into it. I thought they'd get to at least 30. I thought 30 would win the game. I thought 30 was the winning number. I thought it was clear that BYU, the fewest points they've been held to this year was 27 in the UTSA win. And the most points that the Chanticleers had given up was 27 when they – beat the ranked Louisiana team with the last second field goal. And it just seemed like 30 was going to get it done, but they didn't get anywhere near 30. So, All right, we'll have more on this game coming up. Uh, we got a lot of reaction to it. Cougars dropped in the polls. They're 14 in the AP poll, 16 in the coaches poll, and uh, I expect they'll be lower than that when the committee college football playoff committee rankings come out tomorrow. They're going to host San Diego State Saturday night, Lavelle Edwards Stadium, 8 o'clock, ESPN. Uh, is that going to be... I, ESPN, I thought it was going to be ESPN 2. They're moving stuff around. We'll figure it out later in the week. It's a typo on my part. I think I missed the two. All right. DJ and PK. Hashtag Utah. Pocket holds for Bentley. His throw to the end zone is caught for the touchdown by Britton Covey. And Utah extends its lead 22-10 for the Utes. And the staff pointed out, he's a guy who can break your jaw. Covey on the return. A game-changing play. He cuts it back at the 10, and he is gone for the touchdown. Welcome back, Britton Covey. Britton Covey with two big second-half touchdowns to put the Utes up 30-10, to 10, and then they hold on to win at 30-24. to 24. Wasn't as convincing as it felt like it was going to be early in the fourth quarter, which uh, had Kyle Whittingham very cranky in the postgame. That was, that was one of his crankier postgames right there, PK, certainly after a win. There was progress. They didn't have four. We don't. We're not talking about four or five turnovers today, uh, like we were after each of the the first two games. The uh, Utes did not turn the ball over at all, and the running game. Ty Jordan. That was spectacular. But red zone issues, short yardage issues, uh, not good. And that had Kyle pretty fired up after the game. Yeah, I listened to it. I actually went to bed. I didn't even bother getting on it. Twelve fifteen. The game went over. Was over. Uh, this is way too late. For what? I, I keep coming Money. back to what? What does it matter? Money. What, what? What are they playing for this season? Get better. Be ready for next year. I mean, they're they're one and two. They're not going anywhere. I don't think anyone in the conference is. Well, I guess somebody's going to the festival, but nobody's going to the Rose Bowl. And so, man, yeah, get make make some money. And make sure your young players get better. And to that degree, the running game looked better. You know, they found a, a freshman running back, and, you know, Kyle said, yeah, he's, he's the guy. You're giving him 27 carries. I think we figured that out during the game, that he's the guy, 27 carries, yeah, no, 167 that's awesome. yards. Absolutely, that's awesome. Yeah. As far as the money, the players aren't getting it, and Kyle's already getting an enormous amount of money. <laughs> so, I mean, that, for those people, there's no benefit there. But, you know, play the game. But I'm just not going to draw – incredible evaluations from the game. I mean, well, Oregon State's not playing with their quarterback. Their top running back, who's probably the best running back in the conference, he's uh, averaging, COVID protocols. He's what, averaging, what does that mean? He's averaging over seven yards a carry. He's a massive weapon. He is, I mean, is he sick? 
I don't know. We're supposed to follow the science. Science tells me he's got a 99% chance to recover, but he can't play. Nope. Follow the science. Yep. Follow the science when it fits your narrative. When it doesn't, don't follow it. And so I, I, I'm having a hard time drawing conclusions. Now, yeah, they got better. That's good. They found a runner. That's good. And what does it mean this season? Nothing. Well, it means it, and, and the other big thing for what it doesn't mean next year is the guy who's going to be the quarterback next year, we all assume, because he's a quarterback for 14 plays this year, Cam Rising, isn't getting better because he got hurt. And that just seems like a massive missed opportunity. So when everyone's getting frustrated about kicking field goals early in the game, well, your backup quarterback's now your starter, and he missed the star tight end who was open twice. Unbelievably wide open one time, but pretty wide open the other time too. And oh, that should have been touchdowns. There. Oh, big yeah. time. Yeah, Brant Keithy's body language when he got missed the <laughs> second time. Second time, the right side. Sur- yeah. Surpassed only by Aguilar's body language yeah. when Derek Carr missed him the second time because it's the pros and you got even higher expectations of your quarterback. But yeah, but my perspective is from the fan perspective, the uh, coaching perspective. I understand exactly what Kyle's talking about. Well, the youth will be back at it Friday, Colorado. On the road, 7.30, Fox Sports 1. DJ and PK. Hashtag college football. Hey, guys. Just wanted to uh, speak for a second about some comments that I made earlier tonight on our college. That wasn't what Yach wanted it to be, but uh, that was going to be a highlight from uh, USC's win over Wazoo. You ever seen a receiver score four touchdowns in one quarter, PK? That was... That was probably the standout to me out of USC blowing out uh, Washington State. I don't think I've ever seen uh, Keith. Can I Slovis, Slovis throws for five touchdowns, but he had uh, he had the uh, the hookup, the connection going uh, right out of the gates with uh, Aaron Ross St. Brown, who scored four touchdowns in the first quarter. Yeah, he's really good. <laughs> <laughs> Wazoo gets beat thirty-eight to thirteen. Best teams in the uh, country, all the top-ranked teams. Uh, they just kept, uh, they just kept winning. They kept rolling. Uh, A&M got pushed a little bit by Auburn. Uh, Bo Nix had an outstanding touchdown run, but it wasn't enough. A&M wins 31-20. San Jose still undefeated. They won in Hawaii, so they may be headed to the uh, if they can beat Nevada this week, a uh, neutral side in Las Vegas. They'll be headed to the Mountain West Conference title game, probably to play Boise. You like it when dads of famous coaches, uh, or when uh, sons of famous uh, coaches follow in their dad's footsteps? Shane Beamer, son of Hall of Fame coach Frank Beamer, announced his new head coach at South Carolina. Paid his dues, man. It was a long, hard struggle. He'd been an assistant coach at Oklahoma. So, now he's the guy. DJ and PK. Hashtag NBA. Rockets' James Harden did not report for the first day of workout. Skipped an individual workout, but reportedly told team executives he plans to report soon. He's requested a trade to the Brooklyn Nets. You pencil in Houston in a little lower in the West. This doesn't uh, doesn't seem like this is going to go well for Houston. And whatever the Rockets are going to be isn't what they've been. Either because Harden's gone or because Harden isn't all in when he's there. Either way, doesn't it seem like uh, a change is coming in Houston? 
have to see when he's out on the floor. I mean, I cannot, I can't attack his professionalism when he hasn't really shown some level of unprofessionalism that I'm aware of. So I don't know that he's going to pout, or you're implying that he's going to give a half-hearted effort, or hold out, or hold out, and just say, "Hey, I'm, I want out." And I just think once you make a public trade like that as a star, that the however it goes, it's going to go differently going forward. It can't. How, how, there's probably a couple examples. I mean, a long time, Akeem Olajuwon wanted a trade, and he ended up winning two titles. So I can't say definitely it's over, but it seems like that's the way it goes the majority of times. Okay. Zion Williamson, no minute restrictions when the season begins. Pelicans are cutting him loose. Last year, of course, he missed a big chunk of time, and then when he came back, he was on a minute's restriction. So it's going to be different this year. They're cutting Zion Williamson loose. Good. I want to see it. And the Blazers have closed their team facilities. Three positive tests for COVID-19 in four days. They don't, they don't tell you who it is, but three in four days. So I guess this is why they only turned out half the schedule for the year, so that they could reschedule stuff if this happens to teams once games get going on December 23rd. Yeah, I mean, we're going to have to get used to it. This is not going to be the last, obviously. DJ and PK. Hashtag college basketball. BYU beats Utah State. Close game. Tied at 61. Couple minutes to go. And the Cougars grinded out Alex Barcelo leading the way with 23 points for BYU as they win 67-64. And the Cougars improved to 5-1. Seems like they were tied at 61 for about nine minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, somebody. Take the lid off Before the hook. Harding hits the three in the corner. <laughs> but yeah. It just seemed like, man... It was tied for a good long time. Nobody could score down the end. Southern Utah beat Montana, swept them, had a couple of home games, and uh, won them both. And uh, Dixie State blew out St. Catherine, and uh, that's it for this weekend. Next weekend, it'll be uh, BYU and Utah, and Utah State and Weber State next Saturday. So, big local weekend. The big game of the week was uh, number one Gonzaga and number two Baylor and it didn't get played and Gonzaga has now shut down all team activities until December 14th. They've had a couple positive tests so canceled four games although none of them very high profile games all all pretty much wins as they tune up so those, those four off the boards now. Yeah and I was planning on watching that game because I didn't think the football would be that good. Texas A&M and Auburn I ended up watching all of that Ohio State was going to blow the Michigan State out, which they did. That was no surprise there. I, I think Ohio State should be in the playoff if they only play two games. If you're going to go on best teams, uh, we'll see what they do there. But uh, I had intended to watch that Gonzaga-Baylor game. You know, I got a John Wooden Award vote, so I try to keep up. I don't know that the game, the result of the game, would have had no bearing on anything. It just would have been a fun game because with those two teams both making the tournament, and hopefully there is a tournament, you know, then it's a matter what you do there. Uh, but uh, that was, was somewhat of a downer because it was going to feature, as you say, one versus two. Not, uh, I can't say traditional Blue Buds, although they've both been very good now for a few years, particularly Gonzaga, obviously. Mark Few, I mean, if you're going to choose a coach in college, eh, how could you go wrong if you choose Mark Few? What, what a program, what a phenomenal job he's done. What is Trending is brought to you by Shamrock Plumbing. You receive a free reverse osmosis system with the purchase of any water softener at Shamrock Plumbing. 801-295-1690. That's Shamrock Plumbing. Coming up, Utah football availability in the 8 o'clock hour. 
Ty Jordan, freshman running back, going for 167 yards. We'll hear from him. Brant Keithy scheduled to talk. Kyle Whittingham at about 8.30. Players should be up first. Uh, Jay Drew, BYU football writer uh, for the D News and Utah basketball writer for the D News, will join us at 9 o'clock. Stay with us.